Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. learn pretty fast when you have to fight for your life and uh, we don't have much of a choice at the moment. Ja, man lærer hurtigt når man kæmper for sit liv. Det her er Sviatoslav Juraj. Han er 26 år. Han er det yngste medlem af parlamentet i Ukraine og tidligere assistent for Ukraines præsident Volodymyr Zelensky. Ligesom mange andre ukrainske politikere har han valgt at blive i Kiev, selvom byen er under angreb fra russiske styrker. Han var aldrig i tvivl, siger han. Siden krigen begyndte, har Sviatoslav Juraj fået to ting, han ikke havde før. Et automatisk våben og en hund. Våbnet er selv sagt for at kunne forsvare sig, når han besøger fronten. Og hunden, ja, det var en, han tog med tilbage fra fronten, fordi at dens ejer var blevet dræbt i krigen. Det her er altinget Azur, og i dag skal du møde en af de ukrainske politikere, der kæmper for at bevare landets demokrati. Mit navn er Jakob Nielsen. Svjertuslav, please, to begin with, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Uh, well, I'm a youngest ever Ukraine member of parliament. Sviatoslav Juraj var på udveksling i Kalkotta i Indien, da en revolution brød ud hjemme i Ukraine i 2014, og så rejste han hjem for at være med. I started national center there. We worked with the media, uh, with the Ukrainian diaspora, we had a social media channel. Uh, I was 17 at that point, uh, not disclosing my age to the leaders of the revolution, who gave me a chance to create the center. Uh, and... Uh, And the fact of the matter is that uh, fact of the matter is that the revolution showed to me very clearly that my nation uh, has a bright future, determined to fight for its own destiny and for its right to determine uh, what is going to happen with it. Da revolutionen var overstået, rejste Sviatoslav Juraj ud til de områder i det østlige Ukraine, som var og er besat af Rusland. Og han bildte de lokale russiskvenlige styrker ind, at han var journalist fra Polen. Uh, after the revolution, I went uh, to the east, to the war in the east, uh, where I worked as a journalist from April 2014 to August 2014. I de følgende fem år arbejdede Sviatoslav Juraj med forskellige organisationer, mens Ukraine forsøgte at etablere et demokrati og skabe tættere bånd til EU. Men den unge aktivist blev hurtigt klar over, at han ikke stolede på præsident Poroshenko, der selv var og er oligark, og som aldrig fik gjort op med den voldsomme korruption i Ukraine. That's why I did not support him in the 2019 elections, and that's why I joined Mr. Zelensky as a person to me who was much more promising and much more open to the change that Ukrainians were fighting the revolution, the revolution for, the revolution which truly made me as a person. 
I stedet for begyndte Sviatoslav Juras at arbejde for Volodymyr Zelensky. Der jo var en berømt skuespiller, som spillede hovedrollen i en populær komedieserie, hvor han forestillede at være Ukraines præsident. Og ja, nu forsøgte han så at blive Ukraines præsident i virkeligheden. Juras blev en af hans talsmænd og blev rådgiver i forhold til det vestlige Ukraine, hvor han selv kommer fra. Og da Zelensky så blev valgt som præsident, så stillede Juras op ved det efterfølgende parlamentsvalg. So the point is after the well triumphant victory of Mr. Zelensky in the presidential elections, I was offered a chance to join uh, join the parliamentary elections and to be the candidate uh, in in Sluga Narodu, so party of Mr. Zelensky. I didn't. I accepted that, uh, that offer because I knew that for me it's important to take responsibility for the uh, my, my part responsibility, uh, my small part in the responsibility uh, that uh, now befalls Mrs. Lenz after the victory of 2019, and uh, so I became member of parliament, the youngest member of parliament ever in Ukraine. So that's the I parlamentet er Sviatoslav Juras leder af to arbejdsgrupper. En, der kæmper for konservative familieværdier, og en anden, der kæmper for bedre samarbejde med Ukraines nabolande mod vest. Men for to uger siden blev alt forandret, da Rusland indledte krigen imod Ukraine. Fra første dag blev der også affyret raketter mod Kiev, men Sviatoslav Juras har ikke overvejet at flygte. I never had a, even a shadow of doubt that I should uh, uh, stay in Kiev. The point of the matter is what you should ask for as the example for uh, fulfill your politi- political duties. That is best fulfilled by showing that our political class is right now with the people trying to defend their country, which is attacked on all sides by Russia and uh, which Russia tries to destroy right now. So the point basically is that I never even had a shadow of a doubt that I showed. Nej, for Sviatoslav Juras begyndte nu en ny hverdag. Han anskaffede sig et våben, og så begyndte han ellers at gøre det samme, som han havde gjort under revolutionen i 2014, nemlig at opbygge et medieberedskab, der kunne sprede Ukraines version af krigen. Sviatoslav Juras lyder afklaret, mens han fortæller, men hvis man lytter efter, så kan man også godt høre, at presset for krigen har gjort ham hektisk. Han tager slukke fra sin vandflaske midt ind i sætninger, inden han taler videre. Prøv at høre godt efter. So as far as um, the first day, I basically voted with my colleagues for martial law, for various other measures, and then uh, we went to try and, uh, well, prepare for our position in this struggle. Uh, I reached out to those members of my team who stayed in Kiev, and together with them, we tried to get means to defend the country that is weapons and uh, basically at that point I started on trying to launch a media operation uh, basically to try and help tell the story of what's happening in Ukraine similar to what I was trying to do at the Maidan then I started on trying to provide some logistical support that is I can organize and try to bring together various different means that the different parts of our defenses and uh, society requires as well as i try to reach out to various uh, friends and colleagues of mine to try and build up some ideas on how to 
be more less sporadic and more structured in this time of war. So mm. now, basically, as uh, I was setting this foundational stones to what I'm trying to do right now, uh, that is logistical part, that is the informational part, and that is a personal part, which is all about uh, trying to learn how to be a better soldier and partake in the fighting, which I am okay. joining in as well. Have you ever done training as a soldier before? No, uh, the reality of the matter is, uh, well, I keep repeating this phrase, but it's true. Uh, you learn pretty fast when you have to fight for your life. And uh, we don't have much of a choice at the moment. We need to uh, try and uh, bring everybody who wants to be a part of the battle into the battle. So that's why as far as the skills of a soldier, that's something that we have to <clears throat> have to develop and I'm blessed with the different members of my team different members of my team who were essentially uh, soldiers beforehand and with whom I worked in the parliament on trying to help with issues veteran issues and all that Ja, selvom Rusland er en overlegen militærmagt, er det forløb i Ukraine, der suverænt har vundet den propagandakrig, som altid følger med en væbnet konflikt. Jeg, jeg forsøger at spørge Sviatoslav Juras, hvad hemmeligheden er bag Ukraines og præsidentens succes på sociale medier, men hans svar bliver hektisk og overfladisk. Det handler mest om, at Rusland har skylden for krigen. Så i stedet for forsøger jeg at spørge ham, hvordan en helt almindelig hverdag ser ud for ham under krigen. Well, it's getting more structured right now. Um, typical day is about uh, going where the fighting is um, most horrible around Kiev at the moment and trying to both deliver various bits and pieces of humanitarian aid, which uh, I get every single day from different friends of mine, different contacts of mine from all over Ukraine and even from all over the world, and uh, try and try and provide for uh, well, for for the battle means that those soldiers require. Uh, it consists of trying to speak with various contacts and various Ukrainian government uh, defense agencies uh, on various matters, including intelligence and uh, matters of international foreign legion. Ja, Sviatoslav Juras' dage består mest i at køre ud til fronten med moralsk opbakning, forplejninger og andet udstyr, samt at give sine observationer videre til den militære ledelse. Og så hjælper han med at organisere en fremmed legion af udenlandske soldater, der vil kæmpe på Ukraines side. Han fortæller, at det første han gør om morgenen er at finde ud af, hvor kampene er allerhårdest lige nu. And basically the logistical work consists of me trying to find out what is where the fighting is fiercest, preparing a truck there and getting a truck there and distributing different means of assistance to the locals there. Of course it sounds like extremely dangerous work. Well, yes, but the point here now is that it's dangerous everywhere because Russian rockets are falling every single day on the Ranki of the residential buildings, government buildings, it doesn't matter. And the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, it's uh, danger is not what you think about. It's more, more your usefulness that you try to develop and try to provide for. Jeg spørger om Sviatoslav Juras selv har været i kamp i de 14 dage, hvor krigen har varet. Han svarer lidt underspillet, at han har oplevet det, han kalder nogle træfninger, og at han har set russiske soldater blive taget til fange. Men som han også siger, så er han ikke nogen særlig erfaren soldat. Han har faktisk aldrig øvet sig i at bruge våben, før krigen brød ud. 
I wasn't skirmishers, yes. But again, I'm, I'm a rudimentary soldier. I'm trying to learn the skills uh, of being one and learning them fast, dare I say. But uh, again, as far as the the battles that my assistants have been a part of the last eight years that I have not been privy to because, you know, with uh, full-on tank battles and uh, facing Russians, um, you know, I... So I, I seen the Russian prisoners and all that, but uh, see Russian prisoners captured. But you know, Battle of Kiev is raging, and uh, basically, how how uh, what what time do you go to sleep at night? At different times, different times, different times. Are you a, are you able to sleep? Well, that's the thing about sleeping for a few nights straight. It means that at one point you just lay down your head and just like that you you fall uh, into into a dream so uh, it's, it's really it's not an issue with the days going by because uh, yeah, you don't have to make any effort to fall, fall asleep Ja, når man bare er vågen længe nok så er det ikke noget problem at falde i søvn siger altså Sviatoslav Juras og lad os så lige høre historien om den hund han pludselig en dag fik med hjem fra fronten fordi ejeren var blevet dræbt There was a there was a fella who was killed uh, just at that point, and the territorial defense force basically told me that there's this dog which they will either kill or because it makes makes a lot of noise, or I will uh, take uh, take the dog with me. So the point is that uh, you took the dog with you. Yes, and that's this is a pretty. Well, pretty good dog, and, uh, very well behaved, and uh, other means so. So now you have the dog. Yes, I have the dog. It doesn't require much work from me. I got a package of food for it from the widow of the fella who was killed. So, does it have a name? Yes, at the moment, yes. Luca is the name. Ja, og Sviatoslav Juras er faktisk langt fra det eneste medlem af Ukraines parlament, der har taget kampen op. Og 3. marts, der gennemførte flere hundrede medlemmer af Ukraines parlament et ekstraordinært møde i parlamentet for at vedtage nogle særlove, men nok så meget også for at vise deres landsmænd, at demokratiet ikke har overgivet sig. Well, my colleagues are not essentially hiding and covering everywhere. They are partaking the fighting. My colleagues are becoming basically um, those soldiers that that country of theirs needs them to become. So the point is, these my colleagues are facing danger every every day. For them, this this trip wasn't about danger; it was about necessity of the country to showcase that even though the war is happening, our institutions are intact, and we shall work together to provide for our readiness. Was it an emotional day to be back in Parliament and be acting like like it was a functioning democracy, even though you were in the middle of a war? Well, I mean, every day is emotional as far as seeing those images of my country being attacked, being destroyed, uh, with all those masses masses of refugees of my country trying to leave. Every day is emotional, but uh, that parliament meeting, basically, we first, we all just sang national anthem from top of our heads all together, and uh, that was quite quite a moment. What 
did you learn about democracy these last two weeks? That people matter. That people matter as a deciding factor because the fact that our people don't want to put up with Russian occupation is very obvious to anybody who watches everything that's coming from Ukraine. All these people that came out of the streets and are trying to battle on, even sometimes with their bare hands, showing to the world and to fellow Ukrainians that our nation does desire that separate future, which we want to define by ourselves, is basically a method of fact now for the entirety of the world. And democracy is about people. And Ukraine people have a tremendous power. They show every so often. That revolution which I started from showed that. And now this war is showing it to everybody who wants to, uh, to look at our situation even slightly. Well, the reality is that uh, this is a time which shows uh, the true colors of everybody. This is a time of uh, enormous peril in which everybody is choosing their path and choosing their future. And just uh, basically, for you, for us Ukrainian politicians, it's very obvious that uh, that place is with our nation. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, that we must battle on. Thank you very much for taking time to talk to us today. I hope that one day we can do this interview with uh, under under more peaceful uh, the second part of this interview under more peaceful circumstances. Uh, thank you for being with us and uh, stay safe in uh, stay safe in Ukraine. Pleasure all mine. Thank you very much. All the best. Thank you. Ja, sådan sluttede min samtale med Sviatoslav Juras, det yngste medlem af Ukraines parlament. Vi håber meget at vende tilbage til ham senere og for at følge hans kamp for det ukrainske demokrati. Du har lyttet til Altinget Azure. Husk, at Altingets europæiske podcast hver uge opdaterer dig på alle de vigtigste begivenheder i europæisk politik. Find den der, hvor du finder dine podcast ved at søge på Altinget eller søge på EU, eller find den inde på altinget.dk. Mit navn er Jakob Nielsen, og vi lyttes ved.